When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding! How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I am Jared Weiss. I am joined by the Athletics Clippers writer, Law Murray. Andrew Schlecht is producing this one. And we are continuing our writer series here in the offseason where we're catching up with different writers across the Athletic to talk to them, kind of going behind the scenes and the process of some of their most important stories from this year and how they set up for what's about to come. With training camp about, what, like a month and a half away now? So Law, I want to start here with your piece on Kawhi Leonard because Kawhi Leonard has like not played a lot in the last, what, four or five years or something like that. And I think we all forget that the Clippers do have two superstars on their team. They still have a lot of talent, enough talent to be a contender. It's just that they never seem to be fully healthy. And first, Jared, it's good to see you, man. It's, it's, it's been a little bit. Um, that's the weird thing about the summer. It's like we're working, but we're we're supposed to be dialing back. Like this is as far from midseason form as we're supposed to be, right? Um, six from six months from now, we'll be really in the mix and really in rhythm. And so I knew this time last year that the expectations for the Clippers would be high because Kawhi Leonard was coming back from a serious knee injury. And we're talking about a torn ACL. I think that on one hand, people understand how serious that injury is. But on the other hand, I think we take for granted that because we are in the 2020s and not the 90s, right, that an ACL tear doesn't seem to affect us as observers of basketball in terms of how it affects a player's return to play, uh, especially a star player. I mean, we've seen a lot of guys tear their ACLs. We haven't seen players of Kawhi Leonard's caliber have this injury and come back and play at a high level. There, there's just not a lot of examples For of sure. it. And so I actually, um, I, I wanted to go into the season tracking his process. I didn't know how long the story would take to produce. I wanted to talk to as many guys who I knew. I had a pretty good database of guys who tore their ACLs. And I didn't get to everybody I wanted to get to. Uh, I didn't get to guys that were pretty obscure. Like I would have wanted to talk to Jamal Crawford about this story. You know, people don't realize Jamal Crawford tore his ACL very early in his basketball career. Man's wound up playing, what, 20 NBA seasons and exciting us, especially people who follow the Clippers. Um, You know, I I would have wanted to talk to someone like Derrick Rose, literally an MVP who, if Derrick Rose doesn't make the Hall of Fame, it's because he tore his ACL and was a star player who never got over it, right? He never got back to the, the anywhere close to the level that he was prior to his ACL tear. Um, but I did get to talk to some really outstanding sources who I appreciate them for helping me out. 
someone like Jamal Murray, who we saw how Jamal Murray had to come back from his ACL tear and he played on the highest level uh, in the NBA finals and winning a championship. But it was a rocky road to get there. And he mentioned, look, Kawhi Leonard came back from his ACL tear before Jamal did. Jamal told me that Jamal was like, you know, I told I told Jamal it was like a side coming. I was like. Yeah, Kawhi's dealing with a sprained ankle right now. And, you know, I know that's not related to the ACL tear. And Jamal interrupts me. He's like, oh, it's related. It's related. You're going to roll your ankle trying to rehab and get your comfort level back from an ACL tear. So these guys were teaching me. They were they were teaching me. Well, Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson obviously had more than an ACL tear. He tore his Achilles tendon when he was just completing the return from the ACL. So, you know. I didn't want to get too much into the Achilles, but it's like, yeah, it's it's related. You're talking about long layoffs and trying to get back to a level. You're talking about physical injury while also assessing a guy's mental health and and ability to trust their body after they've been playing at a high level and now they're been they've had the game taken away from them. So uh, Clay Thompson, he was incredibly helpful as well. So um, I, I, the last guy I talked to, Jared. <laughs> You know who the last guy I talked to for this? I'm going to guess it's Danilo Gallinari. Not Danilo. Um, I, I talked to Gallo early. The last guy I talked to was Kawhi. Oh, of course. So the the story took so long for me to kind of get through that. It became kind of like a season uh, look at Kawhi's progress. And Kawhi's progress was intriguing. It, it was something that, again, when everyone looked at all the Clippers are going to be contenders in September and October. People were like, oh, because they've got Kawhi and PG. Kawhi did not play like Kawhi Leonard, like the all-NBA performer that we're used to seeing over the course of his career, the guy who made the 75th anniversary team. We didn't see that player consistently until really January. The season started in October. It was it was rocky, and it reflected why the Clippers struggled to stay out of the play-in tournament. And Kawhi, by the time I did get to him, he had surprised us all by playing the second night of a back-to-back for the first time in, since, you know, the, since the injury. We had assumed that Kawhi would never play a, a second night of a back-to-back again in his career because of not just the ACL tear, but even before, as you alluded to, uh, Jared, he had the quadriceps injury and the condition that followed it that we just thought, yeah, like he's there's no reason for him to do this to, in order to preserve his body. But no, Kawhi pushed and worked to get to the point where he could play second night of back to backs. And this story came out, Jared, literally right before we found out Kawhi had torn his meniscus in the same knee that he tore his ACL in the playoffs. Spectacular timing. Great timing. I, uh, shout out to the editors. Shout out to Lindsay Wisniewski, the new mom. Shout out to uh, Bobby Clay, who, you know, helped get this thing across the finish line just in time. Uh, the timing was great because it, t- it came out the day after game one where the Clippers upset the Suns and Kawhi outplayed Kevin Durant. Uh, but um, it, it, it was sad because Kawhi was not able to build off of that performance because of the new injury that he fortunately has recovered from. He had to have a procedure uh, to address the meniscus. He's over that. So for now, Kawhi is healthy. And uh, but this story was a pretty, 
pretty deep look at all the things that it took for him to get to the level that we saw in uh, that first game of the playoffs. All right. So let's get into the actual substance of the story, because the reason why we're talking about this is forget about the future implications. Your approach was interesting because you're trying to write about Kawhi. Kawhi doesn't really talk much. He's not really he's where is he like one of the least accessible stars in the league? Do you think that's accurate? I don't think it's accurate, actually. Okay. Uh, I th- I, just being around him, I think it's it's what Kawhi chooses to tell you and when he chooses to tell you. So Kawhi is not going to be super forthcoming uh, with with his time in particular, with his access. But Kawhi, I actually feel like Kawhi tells you a lot. And that helped drive this story too. Kawhi is very, how can I say, his self-awareness is and, and, and security within himself is actually refreshing. It, it allowed me to kind of piece this thing together. When Kawhi was struggling with his shot, Kawhi was pretty blunt and was like, I work on my, I work on my shot. I'm not worrying about the percentages that'll come. And he was right. He was able to tell you like what he was feeling and what he was going through. Um, and I, I, I felt like, I felt like that was that was important. Um, and at the same time, because it's Kawhi, it did take me a while to be like, look, I'm going to get Kawhi to the side and we're going to have this real conversation. And I told him, look, I've talked to enough people, Kawhi. I let him know. And it's funny, we're in Memphis and he doesn't play the first game of that miniseries. I'm like, dude, I got to get him on this trip. <laughs> And then he plays only the first half of the second game. I'm like, this is, I got to get him on this trip. He knows I got to get him on this trip. He said I'd get him. And the next night was in New Orleans and they lose. And you know how players are, Jared, when they when, when they lose. It's like, all right, this might Death be. That sentence for your story. I yeah. might not, I might not get this dude, but he was, you know, he, he, was, he was gracious with his time. So Kawhi. Um, you just got to listen to guys. You, you got to, when, when we do have, we do have some availability. We, we got locker room access last year for the first time in what, three years. Um, that all, all of that really mattered to get this thing. Um, so for anyone who's like, why does, why, why do these reporters need to be in the locker room? They need to see us, man. And we need to see them. And, uh, I, I just don't think you could have done this thing over Zoom. <laughs> like, I don't think. You know, I would have been able to want to really want to do this if it was like, yeah, we're going to podium access and that's it, uh, like the previous season. Yeah, doing trying to do unique storytelling, which is what we kind of pride ourselves on in the athletic. It was really hard during the pandemic. I mean, you had to really tap into your sourcing network. You had to really hone your writing skills. Like you're writing because you were writing about the same thing as everybody else, using the same press conferences as everybody else. You didn't really have an opportunity to try to grab guys on the side. Honestly, the the hardest part was you couldn't do what I like to do, which is kind of casually talk to guys randomly throughout the season to just kind of build up stuff. It's like if you wanted to talk to somebody, you had to make a request. You had to have a big story for them. You couldn't just be like, you know, checking in with Kawhi and being like, hey, what'd you think about this thing? You know, you had to get it right. And apparently for this story, you kind of had to do the same thing. It sounds like it was a lot of kind of checking in with other people, getting interviews with other people that were relevant to the story. You know, basically for those who haven't read the story, it's different 
other NBA players that have had torn ACLs and had to recover from them over the years, kind of shedding light on their own path and being able to kind of like talk about what Kawhi is going through. And one of the most interesting ones was talking about Clay Thompson. Like Clay Thompson is one of the preeminent examples of like massive double injuries that kind of derailed his career. And now he's kind of come back. He's not quite the same, but he still is an impactful player. Right. And Jared, like planning goes a long way into that. I'm going to be, I'm going to be pretty transparent. Like I'm not great at these long-term pieces because of how long you have to take, how delicate they are. Like, I mean, if someone gets hurt and they're just out the picture, it's like, well, when are we putting this thing out? You know, um, you have to understand who's coming into town and where are you going? Uh, who are you trying to hit? And developing that that comfort zone with them so that they can open up. This is not talking about strictly what's going on on the floor, on the court. Injuries are a dark place for a guy to go to. And not everybody is going to be as, how can I say it? Not, not everybody is going to want to talk about that stuff. Like to be simple, to be to to, to to just really be simple about it. Not everyone wants to talk about a low point in their not just career but their lives. Like when you tear your ACL, you are you you are not given you you you're, it's not a given that you're going to be back in the not just your regular form but in the league period. So, I mean, Clay Clay having the game taken away from him for so long, it's like. How can I, I hadn't really talked to Clay Thompson on a on on that level before on a one on one. Hey, and shout out to Clay. Shout out to the Warriors even letting me have the space with him because uh, Clay again. I got him after a loss. <laughs> he was tired, about to go into All Star break, and Clay's up here, you know, uh, slamming some PF Changs or where whatever the catering is, and he's like, "Yeah, man, I'm hope it was better than PF Changs." Yeah, it probably was. It was the it was, a lot it was of the Warriors. Kids. It was L.A. It was Valentine's Day, man. You, you probably they 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 probably made sure to take care of everybody, especially it was their last game for a week. So all I know is it smelled good, and I was I was a little jealous. I was like, man, I hope these dudes ain't too hungry. Least least some least some leftover. All right, so so getting back into the story, what what do you think were the the most important revelations or just things that people said throughout the story that as the year went on, you felt like actually kind of played out in reality with Kawhi's kind of rise and then fall again. Well, I think uh, DeJounte Murray, he was Kawhi's teammate and DeJounte tore his ACL. And I think the thing that people keep kept on telling me was, oh, yeah, he can be better than he was before. And it made no damn sense to me. I'm like, how... Kawhi's, Kawhi's been through so much. How are guys so confident that he's a guy who was struggling when I was talking to guys like Jamal Murray and Dojante? You know, this was pre-January for, for the most part. Um, why, are, why do they feel so confident in him being better? Especially because, again, both of those dudes, especially Jamal, is like, you know, Kawhi don't talk, right? <laughs> so it's not like Kawhi's telling them, you know, how he's feeling about it. They're just like, oh, Kawhi's going to be good. And and those guys were right. It was like they were predicting Kawhi's pros, progress and process before we saw the breakthroughs from Kawhi himself. 
I thought that was I, I thought that was really introspective. Um, like I, 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 you mentioned Danilo Gallinari. Danilo, he had he, when I talked to him, he was with the Celtics. He unfortunately tore his ACL playing overseas and never got to suit up for the Celtics. Um, people don't, not everybody remembers that Danilo Gallinari tore his ACL almost a decade prior, and that surgery went terrible. So you know, everybody says. He had uh, surgery. Surgery was successful. You know, normally you only say successful because patient didn't die in the surgery, right? But Danilo had a rare case of a surgery that was botched. And Danilo was telling me about how that affected him, about what he learned from every process of, of of an injury if he ever needed to have a surgery again unfortunately he did um uh, fortunately this surgery that he recently had gala recently had went went well gala's up here telling me about you know some medical stuff i'm like shoot i'm, I'm about to get another credential for this you know just reporting this story out you're again this i like basketball stories this was more than a, a, a an on-court story you're learning about the intimate details of how guys are getting their bodies put back together to play at a high level and why it's different now in the 2020s than it was in when we were growing up as kids watching watching the game and also watching guys just disappear because of these knee injuries. <laughs> yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. So, all right. So turning forward, looking at the moves that they made or didn't make during the offseason, how is Kawhi and how are the Clippers walking into training camp coming up next month? I mean, they're walking. Um, <laughs> Can they run, though? Um, That's the real question. Yeah, look, I don't I don't I, I think that there are some teams that want to get training camp started today. Right. They're ready to go. They their vibes are great. They're, everyone's locked in. This is not that training camp right now for the Clippers. Um, I, I think that th things aren't terrible. Things aren't uh, on a Philadelphia level. I wrote this uh, this week, and that's a good thing. Um, I mean, it's hard to look. Training camp, you're supposed to have zero losses and have an attitude that exudes that. We can do anything. We're in the best shape of our lives. We are feeling great about what we can do together, especially to start the year. Um, and obviously Philadelphia is in a rough spot, but talking about the Clippers, they're 
a secondary character in what's going on in Philadelphia because we've been talking about James Harden's specific interest in coming to the Clippers for so long. And, I mean, Jerry, you're getting me on a good day because I'm <laughs> so tired of talking about James. Like, um, and I, and I, on one hand, I feel for James. Um, James sacrificed to be a 76er last year. All right. He took less money. He helped his dudes get on the team, P.J. Tucker in particular, because that dude wound up starting on a lesser level, Daniel House Jr. It cost the Sixers a second round pick. We saw the tampering and and the actual we're not, you know, this isn't subjective. Like objectively, the Sixers lost a draft pick because of conversations that were had that were probably not supposed to have been had at the time that they were being had. Right. And now a year later, James is. He's going all out on Daryl Morey to get out. And the situation is very uncomfortable over there. But it's not a whole lot more comfortable with the Clippers. They have too many guys. Like their third string is full of guys who are either rotation players now or have reasonable cases to be given a runway to be rotation players in the near future, either early this season or by the end of this season coming up or certainly by the end of their rookie contracts. Guys like Kobe Brown. Brandon Boston Jr., a guy who they held Brandon Boston Jr. out of summer league because of how highly they think he is ready to play legitimate minutes. They're like, you've graduated. It's a big deal when a young player does not have to play summer league because you've reached that point where it's like, we tr- we trust that you're ready to go. Well, there's no pathway for minutes like guys like Brandon and, and, and Kobe, their first round pick. They would have traded the pick that was Kobe Brown to Washington and the deal that involved the Boston Celtics team that you're around, Jared, for Malcolm Brogdon. And because of the timeline involved in that deal, the Celtics basically decided to pivot away from the Clippers. Okay. And they wound up trading another point guard. And there was another point guard involved in that trade, Tyus Jones. I bring up all these point guards because all the moves that the Clippers seem to want to make in order to consolidate their power forward position seems to involve, hey, it would be nice if we got another big ball handler back. You know, we're talking about Brogdon. We're talking about James Harden. Um, Chris Paul is not a big point guard, but they were they were in, interested in seeing how the Chris Paul thing would go too. And Chris winds up going to their division, the Golden State Warriors. So... Things feel incomplete at this time, Jared. Uh, And it's not like this is a normal year that they're entering. This is a contract year for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Both are extension eligible. The conversation with Kawhi have begun. The conversation with Paul can't begin until next month, September. T. Lou just got an extension, not an extension, but his last year of the original five-year contract that he signed to become the head coach was guaranteed. But that was in lieu of not, no pun intended, but in lieu of not getting the extension that he wanted. Okay, so now everybody is going into this year, championship or bust, last year, sharing an arena with the Lakers before you move into into it, Dome in Inglewood. And things can go either way. The ceiling is high, but the floor is lower than even last year. And last year, this is a team that did not stay out the playing tournament until literally the last hours of the season. All right. Well, the ceiling's high, the floor is low, and the pot is done. So for Law Murray and Andrew Schlecht, I'm Jared Weiss. Be sure to read Law's feature on Kawhi Leonard's ACL return and all of his Clippers coverage. Be sure to listen to Saturday Slam and Jam with Andrew because that's I, that's one of my favorite pods. That's my favorite one to go on. And be sure to listen to The Ding. We're continuing to show up a few times a week throughout the offseason. 
that will be back every day during the regular season. So for Law and Andrew, I'm Jared. We'll see you next time on The Dip.